Rates have been flying all around the globe. UK gilts getting destroyed. The Bank of England stepped in yesterday and they stopped the route. We're going to talk about all of that. We have other topics that we're going to be hitting today. So make sure you stick around for the trade-off. Well, hello, traders. My name is Blake Morrow, and I'm going to be joined in just a moment by your, your favorite trader, Chris Weston, but he's out in the up, outback and he's like herding cattle or something. So I'm stepping in as the host tonight. Anyway, we're going to be talking about everything that's moving the markets, and there is a lot to cover. There's a lot of ground we're going to be covering. We're going to talk about all those themes. We're going to talk about all the setups and in the, this whole wide world of trading. But remember, if you like what you see here on the show, Make sure you give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of this exclusive content. And as you all know, make sure you're doing your own research and due diligence as we're going through these topics and themes. So let's bring in Mr. Chris Weston. He's coming in from the Outback. Chris, how are you, my friend? Right, I just wanted to say on the introduction that you did, um, how I know you are American, but that was like the most American thing I've ever heard in my life. So uh, kudos <laughs> to you. Maybe it's just because I'm hearing it over a crackly line in the in 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 the Northern Territory outback at the moment. But yeah, kudos to you. Um, but uh, yeah, no, life's good, mate. To be honest, so uh, yeah, getting a bit of a break, and um, but you know, it's really difficult to do so when um, you know, everyone's sitting there texting you about what's going on with the pound and you're kind of brought, brought back into markets and you're just like, well, this is, this, this is, this is bread and butter stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of the markets have pulled me back in. You want to try and have a little bit of a break, but the markets have just pulled you back in and, you know, you can't escape what's going on at the moment. It's just too important. It always, it always happens when you step away for, for a holiday or a vacation. You know, these types of things, step they, they, they come right into the limelight and it could, you couldn't have had better timing. Uh, I know we're going to talk about what the UK has done or what the Bank of England is doing to step in to stop, you know, the rise of rates. But man, I'll tell you, it is a wild one. But let me ask you this. Uh, you Wait, know, what's, just, just let me say this, Blake. Let me, just, let, me, yeah. let me say this. It's like, before I went away, we were talking about this idea that, that people were starting to say something could be breaking in the financial system. I think we've now started, we, we looked at it last night, and like you say, we're going to talk about it in a second, but we looked, we stared, we st we, we stared into the abyss last night, um, and I think the Bank of England had to react to save effectively the UK pension industry, um, and I think that was, that was the first thing which could have really broken, and I think they had to step in there, so it's a really, really important session we've just seen. And, and, and it is. And, and I think it's, 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 it's having repercussions on all sorts of markets, which we're going to cover here in just a few moments. And let's take it to Topical Thunder so we can get into those topics. Well, since I'm, I'm going to take the helm today, Chris, since you're not in front of your computer, and I'm going to start off. And uh, the first topic I really wanted to talk about is central banks. And really, you know, as you were just pointing out, the Bank of England had to do something and it was kind of percolating, but they're not the only central bank that's that's acted. I mean, just what is it, a week and a half ago, the BOJ started stepping in and intervening in the yen and the weakness in the yen. You've got China, and I know we're going to talk about this topic here in a few moments about, about the, uh, the, the the yuan, but you you got China that's losing control of this, this, this you know, US dollar CNH move. So this is kind of, in my opinion, 
This is where we have central banks are now starting to step in. And, and, and I, I, I said, you know, God is watching and I, God, because in, in our markets, central banks are the gods. They're the ones that actually move the markets. As much as I like to say that Chris Weston is the market mover, it really has to be, it has to be the central banks out there. So what do you make of all of this? I mean, for me, I think it really put a floor in the market, at least near term. And I, I don't know if the, the lows will hold necessarily, Chris, but I think right now, being that it's one day after this, this massive move from the Bank of England, you know, um, um, stepping in and buying long dated bonds and going to do it for a couple of weeks, they're basically enacting, you know, yield curve control. I think this is a way of the market, uh, central banks telling the market, hey, we are here and we're watching what's happening. What are your thoughts? Yeah, they're definitely watching them, but um, I, I think in the case of the Bank of England, they should be a little bit more in tune to the bond market and and, and just what's happening in in, in certain parts of um, you know sort of leveraged uh, industry because you know there's there's talk that certain parts of the pension fund market could become insolvent because of of how they use gilt um, as collateral and you know they've been getting smoked effectively as we know. Um, so I think the, the pension fund, the UK pension fund, was at risk of, of insolvency, and uh, you know we were talking about spreads in, in UK gilts like you know, significantly wider than you'd ever see you could you could pretty much get you know get uh, Blake's SUV and drive it straight through those spreads I mean that's how wide they were there was just no liquidity and it was just moving around so yeah the Bank of England uh, you know obviously the government the, the, the Chancellor expressing this incredibly generous fiscal package the Bank of England having to save that they said well we're not going to go to emergency rates uh, we're not going to go to emergency rate hikes. Uh, effectively, there was just this massive disconnect and something could have broken. They've stepped in and, and gone short-term QT, uh, QE. The Bank, of England, the Bank of Japan, I mean, the question is, is of course, will they intervene again? Are they going to come out and do it again? And, and, and yeah, they probably will. Um, uh, will they be more effective next time? Perhaps. But, uh, you know, they caused a 500 uh, for a 5 yen move on the day. The, the big topic, uh, Blake, I don't know how you've been talking about this with your guys, but... Um, you know, are we getting to a point at some stage if the dollar was to move, let's say, 117, 120 on the dollar index, could we get coordinated uh, currency intervention? That, that That's probably not too far. Well, it's far off, but I think that's that's the big ticket to, to talking point I, now. Is, I, could we get a point? Yeah. Go on. No, I was going to say, I think we can. And, you know, one of the one of the you might have missed one of the comments that came from one of our Fed Fed uh, governors, regional uh, governors. I forget exactly which one that said this, but you brought it to my the, to my mind right now that he said it would be foolish to believe that we do not talk. And that was his mm. his way of saying, look, we're, we're central bankers and we talk to each other globally. And yeah. so I think you're, you're spot on, Chris. Um, but. You know, it's it's one of those things that I think that it it's it's central bankers putting the market on notice that they are now watching. So that's right, and I think I think central bankers are obviously driving the show, as you as you, as you called them, God. There, let's go into the next topic. Let's go into sentiment more broadly. Now, this was a one day affair. The question is, is the Bank of England have caused some massive gyrations in the fixed income markets. We've been seeing some huge sell offs, as we know, both in nominal and real rates. Um, and equity markets have been getting slammed. The dollar's been on a one-way trajectory. It's all about the dollar, 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 dollar. Just get your US dollars, um, as we've been talking about over the show over the last number of weeks. Um, but, you know, the, the question is, 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 has, is, this, is this move that we've seen overnight, this, this, this kind of short covering move, equities are up about 2% or so. There's been a, obviously a massive move down in gilts, which have, have caused US real rates to move lower. Is this just a one day one day affair, or you know, is this giving us levels now to sell into 
selling to risk at better levels. To set the scene, where's Blake's head at right now? For me, nothing's really changed. This is just giving us, this is a short-term Band-Aid, and, and I'm still staying quite bearish. But yeah, how are you seeing things? You know, that's that's exactly the way that I'm going to see them. But, you know, it's it's kind of like sentiment. I was talking a lot over this last weekend about how, how, how bearish sentiment was for everything and very bullish for the dollar is very extreme. When you get to those extreme sentiments or positioning, kind of like where we're at right now, where you have central banks that actually, you know, stop and, and calm the markets. I think what it puts us in, in is more of a holding pattern. And I and I I agree with you. Unless there's some there's some coordinated effort amongst central banks, this is going to be more of a band-aid. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a couple of days of a consolidation, pullback, we can reset. Like I still believe the dollar is going higher, but that doesn't mean that mm. I necessarily want to buy the dollar today. I might be buying the dollar a couple of days from now. Uh, after it gets a little bit of a pullback. And a pullback, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, okay, Blake, you're looking for a pullback. I got to see a 50% retracement of this move to that move. No, a pullback could simply be a consolidation. Consolidation could be, you know, the euro, um, you know, range bound in a 150 pip move before we start another leg lower. And I think that's what we've got to look at this type of price action as versus this is the top in the dollar and we're not going to see it ever again. We really got to see data show us that that is the case. And right now, that's not yeah. the case, right? So right I, think now, you're right still- the, I think you're right with the data. I think the data needs to improve. Next week, we've got non-farm payrolls numbers in the US, looking for about 250,000 on the payrolls, 3.7 on the unemployment rate. Yeah, clearly the market would rejoice if we had a cooler non-farm payrolls number. I actually take this, I actually believe it's, you know, the average hourly earnings are really going to be key. We've got CPI after that situation there as well. But what I think we've seen it's a combination of deeply, deeply, deeply oversold risk conditions, deeply over oversold in, in, in treasuries and gilts. Um, and, you know, the market said, well, is this the Bank of England? Is this just telling us across the G7 um, central bank complex? Is this saying that when things get too bad, QE is just always on the table? It's never going away. Is it always on the table? I, I actually take a view that the bank, the bank of England literally have just done this to, to save the you know, save you know, as a temporary measure. But I think the market's taken some some solace that, you know, if, if shit gets really bad, QE's always there. I think that's kind of what we're looking for. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're I think it's a great point. Hey, I'm gonna turn our I'm gonna turn our attention over to crypto. Um, and the reason why I want to turn our attention over to crypto is because I think now more than ever is is the time that I'm gonna use crypto as a risk gauge. Now um when I before before uh, let, let me just like go back to friday of last week friday of last week the stock market was really bearish we closed on our lows and um and when when the weekend came and it was friday i was looking at bitcoin i was thinking man this thing is going to open lower we are going to trade below 18000 we're going to trade in the new trend lows and this is going to this is where we're going to start heading down towards the 15000 level that's what i thought would happen over the weekend even though I wasn't trading it, we 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 woke up Monday um, or Sunday night in Asia. Monday for you guys, uh, the market opened, stocks came under pressure in North American trade, and guess what held in there? The B- Bitcoin. It didn't sell off. Ethereum didn't sell off, and um, you know I started looking at that over the last couple of days, saying, you know, if it can't break down, what does not goes down usually only has one other thing to do and it's going to be bounce and and it bounced like a bat out of hell today once the once once 
the markets recovered, taking the cue from the, the Bank of England. And now I'm not in the camp, and I just want to make sure I clarify something. I'm not in the camp that I think that Bitcoin is going from you know 20,000 back up to 40,000. Actually, I think it's going to be in a range between 20,000 and 25,000, and we're going to eventually see lower levels at some point. But that's not what I'm looking at it for right now. I'm looking at it more as a risk gauge in this very tight trading range. I think it's going to be in a, in a $20,000, $25,000 range. And I think we're going to queue off of it and we're going to use it as a risk proxy, one of many risk proxies that we use. So what are your thoughts on crypto here? Yeah, look, I think, I think they, that, that, that hold of 18,500, it's, it's a chart we looked at last week. It's, it's been, it's, it's just, there's so much support in going into that. Now, obviously, that's been very correlated with risk in general. Uh, as we talk about time and time again on the show, it's, you know, it's, it's a higher beta risk prey. But I mean, if I was going to trade this right now and, and looking on a four hour or a daily time frame as getting that sort of big oversight, it's, yeah, I mean, I think you've, you've got a stop loss on the trade, but you've got to put a, a wide stop loss. So you're taking about a thousand points of risk. Now, how does that play into your position size? It's going to have to be pretty small, especially if you're, you know, you're trading with pretty low leverage. Um, so I think you've got a, a, a thousand point um, stop loss on the trade. You take your stop loss low and, and you just hope that this runs. And, you know, you really want to be looking for, for a break of 19,500. If that can get out to the upside, you know, this buying pressure will, will be released and you're going to start seeing that potentially move up, I reckon, into 21,000, 22,000 a push. Um, but yeah, there's, there, there's clearly support into the market here. Um, a lot of this will be determined by what happens with the S&P in the short term, what happens with the dollar, uh, those factors. But if this is going to rip, and of course we don't know if it's going to rip, then um, yeah, you want to be involved in that. So for me, a very, very brave trade uh, would be 18,500 stock um, and keep position size low, looking for a move up into 21,000. But uh, yeah, it needs a bit of work in, in this situation at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch it. You might be wanting to use it as a gauge, uh, Blake, but I think there's a perhaps a very, very brave uh, long trade. It's not one I'm going to be taking myself, but that, that, that's the way I would be looking at it. I'm using up capital for other things at the moment. And one of them I am looking at is, um, is what's happening in UK markets. We've touched... We've touched on it a couple of times now, uh, what's going on there. But, you know, it is the trade du jour at the moment. You know, we are looking at, um, you know, just that the situation is changing on a dime. Um, I, I said that the, the Bank of England had to step in. There had been some talk that, that we're gonna, we, we could see an intermeeting rate hike. The Bank of England poo-pooed that. You know, we saw the IMF coming out and saying that the, the, the fiscal stimulus by the, by the trust government was, was not appropriate. Um, and it's very rare that you see the IMF take aim at the G7 nations, usually it's you know, frontier markets or emerging markets. But to go at a G7 nation and say that, you know, your fiscal plan is not right now is actually quite, is quite significant in itself. There has been some people saying that, you know, the trust government might have to unwind its fiscal stimulus, which would be deeply, deeply, deeply embarrassing. And then to come out uh, and the chancellor to come out and, and, and talk to the city and say, look, guys, don't, don't be shorting the pound, you're going to lose. Um, well, I think the city is saying, well, we're already short to the hilt. We've done very nicely on the trade, um, but you need to sort your fiscal position out at the moment. It's not sustainable what they've got at the moment. Um, you, you can't be running that size twin deficits uh, with GDP in that number. The funding rates on the GD, uh, on, on that they're, they're achieving in the UK are significantly higher, or they were, than the GDP targets. And I think that, that, that ultimately something broke last night. It was very close to breaking and the Bank of England have, to have had put a, a Band-Aid solution on it. So the question is, Blake, is twofold, is, is what happens when um, this QE program runs out at the end of the month 
Uh, and then ultimately how to trade the pound on it. For me, nothing really changes. I'm still looking for downside in the pound. Uh, and I think, you know, they've had to put a Band-Aid on, on what was a growing mess. So how are you thinking about this? I'm, I'm thinking it the same way. Um, there's two levels that I'm actually looking at as far as the sterling goes. That's at 110. Well, I think a, a move above 110 takes us back to about 112. Uh, you know, as long as we stay below 112, 113, I think you have to still target downside. The the one risk that I see out there from a price action standpoint is we did hit all-time lows, but we held above it. And now we're getting this lift thanks to the Bank of England. So it does make me a little hesitant as far as being on the short side. However, I still think that the sterling can be on, you can play it on the short side and you might even play it through uh, the euro sterling. I think the euro sterling looks very constructive and it looks like that could actually even see parity, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> I know some people in the UK like, right now. Are going, oh my goodness. But have a look at the, um, have a look at the price action in, in the, in, in cable though. Like we, we got, you know, down into sort of the, uh, on the session we've just had, I know we got into the 103s, but we, in the session we just had, we got into 105.39, really nice bullish engulfing coming through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we traded up what, to 108.88. But just during Asia today, we're not seeing any kind of follow-through. Sellers are playing through, and, and there's kind of a, a, a very modest de-risking playing through in, in global markets at the moment. So, you know, I'm just looking at the fact that Asia's not being able to push that above 109. I think if we were to see that, then, yeah, there would be a lot more shorts. I think it would be looking to, 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 to cover some of those positions because it's you know, had a decent retracement, and obviously they'd be worried about you know, not getting the, getting out at the right time. But, uh, you know, until those until the yesterday's trading session highs have been taken out, I think you've got a clearly defined stop. And, and I think, yeah, people will be leaning into that situation for now. So that's uh, that's the interesting one. We would have liked to have seen after the engulfing uh, some follow-through. It hasn't happened at the moment, and that may be very telling indeed. But, you know, you're seeing it in a lot of different other setups, and that's going to take us right into our next seg segment, talking about all the setups that we see in the markets. So let's go to it. Well, like I said, Chris, uh, since I happen to be in the driver's seat today because you were riding sh shotgun in the outback, I'm going to start off <laughs> with the first uh, first setup, which is actually the dollar index. And, you know, the dollar index has been obviously rip roaring and it's been so strong. But you know where we touched in a 20 year range? We touched and we hit the 88 percent retracement uh, of a 20 year range. And the dollar was getting a little overextended. And as you can see, it got a little overbought. But what we see here as far as like the candle setup, that is actually a bearish engulfing or a bearish outside day, however you want to look at it. But it's also called a throw over. And that's a term that, uh, uh, you know, one of one of my colleagues, Dale Pinkert, he, he uses when you have a channel, it's a pretty well-defined channel and you go outside of the channel to the upside. Like in this case, you have an ascending channel. We go to the upside. It actually dips back into the channel. The risk then becomes, now that we're back in the channel, we, we visit the lower end of the channel, which in this case would take us all the way back down to about 108.50 before the bullish trend can resume. So that's something I've got as a setup, looking to sell dollars back into the channel. What do you think about this setup, Chris? I know you can't see it, but what are you thinking about selling dollars here? Uh, I've got my charts right in front of me right now, actually, Blake. So okay. I'm, uh, got it. I'm good to go. I'm not flying blind. So uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, we've... Uh, the engulfing is interesting. It's similar to what we've been seeing. On, I mean, there's been so many engulfing patterns playing through in, in, across different markets. Um, you know, some of them haven't quite uh, had the engulfing, but you, you've, you've seen a, uh, in a lot of risk assets, you've seen a lower low uh, followed by a you know, significant retracement of, of, of the previous move. 
Um, in this one, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. We closed outside of the Bollinger Band. We've seen uh, that, that bearish outside. But, yeah, we really want to see those lows being taken out on, on the dollar index for me to have any kind of conviction. And they're coming in at, on, on, on our pricing at 1.112.40. Uh, so that really, that low needs to be taken out. And that would give me then, you know, some, some momentum crossovers, bearish crossovers. And I think then maybe we've got a chance of getting into 1.10. And that's going to be very significant as well. So, um, yeah, I think... Yeah, look, with all these engulfings, there's a wrestling of control that's taken place in the market. The market's really wanted to, you know, to push this higher. They've failed. There's been a chain of ownership in the market. But what we now need to see is, is, is those lows taken out, similar to what we're seeing in so many of the other markets there as well. So we react, and when the market shows that they, uh, that they want to do it, that they want to take this over, then, yeah, I'll be, um, I'll be all over that one as well. And I think if you're looking at the dollar index, I think let's go into dollar CNH, dollar yuan, because, yeah. you know, again, for the second time, Blake, we've seen... Um, the, the PBOC raising um, you know, currency reserves. So if you want to if you want to trade uh, dollar CNH or dollar yuan, you've got to put more reserves down effectively to it. So it's becoming more expensive to short the, the short the renminbi effectively. Um, if you look at the daily fixings which take place at quarter past eleven Eastern Standard Time, so that's my time um, and not your time, Blake. Uh, uh, but uh, you know uh, what happens every day is that the, the 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 PBOC will move the central midpoint of the dollar yuan fixing. Um, and they, they're just, I, I can't remember the last time that they actually moved it higher than what the market was looking for. We can, we can set models to understand what, what, what this, this fixing could be moved to. Uh, and they continue time and time again, uh, put that midpoint well below the expectations of the market. They really don't want this to be grinding higher. They came out yesterday and said that people who bet against the yuan will lose money over time. We don't want a, a one-way move. No central bank does. Um, but, you know, for me, dollar CNH has been really, really key. If you have a look at the daily chart there, you can see this pin bar reversal. Again, like yeah. the, the engulfing, we need to see those lows taken out. It's just horror. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing a bit of indecision to do so at the moment. Uh, but a break of 720, and then I think, you know, all dollar, all dollar pairs are going to rally. Uh, but if we take those lows taken out, I think your dollar, your, your dollar index move there will, will, will work. And I think the engulfing will, will, will play out and you'll get a lower low. So this is a really key cross for me. What are you looking at? Well, you know, well, first of all, I love the I love the the pin bar reversal, gravestone doji, however you want to look at it, whatever nomenclature you want to use to describe the channel, it is a reversal. The problem with this chart too for the bulls is that we had a false breakout above the 2020 peak highs post COVID lockdown. So, you know, the market was scared out of its wits. We thought we were going to, you know, be plagued with COVID for the next hundred years, and we're all going to have to walk around with with gas masks on and everything else. Well, the U.S. dollar CNH spiked up and then it reversed then. And then we just hit above those levels and we reversed again. Now, I know this is a managed float type of currency, so you do have to be careful with it. But when the when the when the yuan starts to strengthen, that to me is is a is a good good uh, uh, um, you know tell, it tells us that. Yeah, it's a harbinger. There we go of of, of taking on some <laughs> risk. I wanted to. I've been wanting to use that word for weeks, mate. So I'm just hey, you know you used it. it through, you used it right through me, which is awesome. But so I do think it actually sets up for a good reversal. And if it stays below seven twenty, I think that's kind of like that uh, that cryptocurrencies catching a bid. Wands catching a bid. Guess there you what? go. There you go. You can take some risk. Yeah. So this is the link between the yuan and the and Bitcoin. Both both uh, the, the Blake harbingers. If you want your risk to go up, you're going to need to see a stronger yuan, a stronger, a weaker US dollar, and you're going to need to see, um, you know, Bitcoin moving up as your, as your kind of your, your, your high beta risk play. 
There you go. Well, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually since we want to like kind of target the sterling to the downside, let's flip it over to the pound Aussie, and uh, this is a really good chart in my opinion. Well, first of all, the pound Aussie, uh, we had this huge extension, and you can see that big spike. That was when the sterling just got absolutely creamed. Uh, you know, we traded we traded down to 159, and when you when it came out of the this range that was in for like a month, month and a half, when you saw the breakdown, you would never think it's going to trade that down there. I mean, that's like you know, obviously it's a it's a it's a it's an event risk that happened, and when it happened, we got a quick reversal. But where we paused at is that previous range. We kind of paused at the, the the support. So support turns resistance. We hit that level. And that level now comes in right at, and let me just make sure I got my numbers correct here, comes in right around 169, 168.80. And so as long as we stay below there, I think you can play this to the downside. And remember, the Aussie is a risk proxy as well. So if the Aussie is, is moving higher against the, the sterling, that means the pound Aussie is moving lower. That means stocks are probably moving higher. Crypto's moving higher. Maybe the wand's even uh, strengthening. So what do you think about the pound Aussie here as we move down in this wedge? Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't like either of the currencies, to be honest. Um, I am looking at the US 210 yield curve um, and, and really as a global sort of sense of risk. And, and, you know, you've been seeing over time, I'll take away the last couple of days, but you've been seeing a situation where bond yields have been moving up both in twos and tens. Um, but the yield curve has been uh, going deeper into inversion. Now, that tells me a very, very, very troubling story um, with regards to growth. And therefore, you know, I still take a, a negative view. We, for me, this flips and I really want to go long the Aussie. And I'll explain my logic in, 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 in a, maybe next week's show. When the yield curve starts to, to steepen effectively. Um, but I would like to see a situation where... Um, you know, 10-year treasuries were actually going bid. Um, so for me at the moment, the bottom line, Blake, is that you know, I don't really like either of the currencies. I probably like the Aussie a little bit more than the pound. But, you know, go back two days ago and we saw, you know, this currency pair trading, what, 167.79 down into, what, 159. This is Wild yeah. West. If, you, if you're in the sterling crosses at the moment, you've got to be, you, you're, you're going to stay, you're going to stay flush and liquid by getting your position size right. So great for the day traders, this one. So I, I actually prefer it to the downside as well. But great for the day traders, Great for the short termism. Get that position size nailed, and you'll stay in the game. I think in 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 these crosses. So, an interesting one, um, definitely to to focus on. But yeah, the volatility is mad at the moment. So yeah, keep an eye on yes. that. The other one I want to look yeah. at, Blake, is is the US 500. We've got earnings season coming up. Um, we've got a market that's deeply, deeply, deeply oversold yesterday. We were looking at the market internals. Number of companies above their 20, 50, 200 day moving averages, multi year lows. We were looking at. You know, the number of companies making uh, four-week lows, you know, it was spiking up and, yeah, the put-call ratios and all these factors have got to extremities. And, you know, I think it's it, it, what we've seen is a 2% rally. You know, Russell was, had, a, had a bigger move. Um, bond yields had come down. Real rates had come down a little bit and equities came in. And, and ahead of earnings, that's really interesting. For me, if you have a look at the price action in, in the S&P, you can effectively see... Um, you know, a, a solid uh, move up, but we need to take out those highs from yesterday. Until we do, again, it's like the dollar pairs. We're just waiting for some follow-through moves to take place. Um, but yeah, how are you seeing? How are you seeing the S and P move? I'm still really skeptical. I want to sell strength. The question is, is where that strength comes in for me to go in. Of course, that's what we're reacting to. But yeah, I still take a, a deeply cautious view on on the equity market here. What are you thinking? I 
I do. I do as well, Chris. Um, see that second, uh, the second circle that you have there that comes in right around 3,900, which was a previous 618 retracement level. That's kind of my upside target in this move. We, uh, we've been talking a lot about it today because the S and P is kind of on everybody's radar. I actually came in mm. yesterday or, uh, before the, our North American session, I came in short risk. So I was expecting the stock market to break lower and it briefly did. And um, when we popped our head back above 3,600, 36, excuse me, around 3,620 or so, 3,630, uh, I covered up everything. I took all my profits off and uh, most of it was profits, took all my trades off and then I reversed course. And now I'm looking at it more as a false breakdown, double bottom. And, and double bottom is actually not the correct term I want to use. It's just strong support. We know that there's strong support yeah. around the 3630, 3640 level. We briefly broke below. It's probably going to cause some short co covering because we got central bank activity. And uh, I'm hoping we get back to 3900 because I'm going to lay into it with some shorts, Chris. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see a move. But firstly, I mean, you've got to get those highs taken out. You know, through thirty-seven forty-two, get the highs yep. taken out. I think we get potentially a bit more of a squeeze up to thirty-nine hundred. The market, you know, CTAs are, are max short. A lot of the, uh, you know, the, the, the high-frequency guys are, are max short at the moment. Um, you know, and but again, that's going to be really dictated to by the dollar, by you know, if, if, if U.S. real rates move a little bit lower. And so, I think it's going to be a slave to the bond market. We'll have to see. But you know, I'd really like to see those highs taken out. Again, that's going to you know, play into what's happened with the Bitcoin call, maybe a slightly weaker dollar, dollar CNH moving lower. So it's obviously, what is the moral of the story here, uh, Blake? Everything's interconnected. Every, or correlations have risen very, very sharply. And it's all really one trade, isn't it, at the end of the day? It really is. And, and, and you know, speaking of which, that, that should take us right in to what that one trade and that one play of the day is going to be for you and I. Let's get to it. Well, shoot, Chris, I forgot that I get to start first and I have to bring up the chart here of my play of the day. My play of the day is going to be gold. We're going to go do a little bit of gold digging. Now, if you remember, gotcha. it's like a week or two ago, I was talking about we need gold to break back above that um, 1690 level for me to get bullish. Well, guess what? It couldn't get above it. We could, we just could, we got to like 1683 or something failed and then we made a new low. But gold actually, by doing that, completed an equal leg move lower. We have divergent relative strength. You got the dollar coming in weaker. Uh, and, and because of that, as long as we stay above 1605, 1610, 1615, wherever you want to place your risk, I think I want to play it on the long side and I'm going to be looking to add the position above 1700 if we can make it that high. But that's going to be my play of the day, Chris. I like playing gold higher, and because I'm playing the dollar weaker against other crosses, I think gold gets a little false breakdown. We start rallying with risk, but that's my play of the day. What is going to be your play of the day in about two seconds? Yeah. We're almost there. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you stretched out. Did well, did well. Um, yeah, look, I, it's, it's kind of like a, a, a portfolio diversifier. Um, but Sterling Swiss to the downside uh, is, is where I'm looking at at the moment. I, I think, yeah, playing stops just above 107.35, um, yeah, gives me from current levels about 170 points of risk. That won't be everyone's tuition, everyone's liking. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're a scalper, then clearly that, that's not a strategy you're going to be looking at. But for me, in this, in this kind of swing strategy, um, I'm looking at uh, that, that taking that amount of risk. I mean, for me, it's just this is a trade that, that, that 
yeah, it could rally through that stop loss. I'm going to keep my position sizing very, very small indeed. Um, but yeah, this could, this is something that yeah, in the session ahead could just crack. I mean, this could this could be down, you know, 300 pips in in a heartbeat. Yeah, because the market is saying, well, the, the Bank of England thing's a band aid solution. Yeah, nothing's really changed. There's going to have to be over a, a formal end to quantitative tightening or potentially a pivot from the trust government on their tax base. Nothing's changed. They've bought themselves some time. This could easily be something that could be down 300 pips by the end of the day. Who knows? That's just the way that it's working with liquidity at the moment. Um, but I've got, to, I've got to stop on the trade. I've got a small position size. Um, so it's a kind of what if. But the rest of the portfolio is still looking at, you know, um, some more positive flows, which we've talked about. But, yeah, some work needs to be done. So I quite like this uh, from the short side. This is one that could crack and I want to be involved in it if, if and when it does. Well, Chris, I'll tell you what, I, um, I I love those ideas. I love the fact that we are still both looking to sell Sterling on rallies. We're looking for it to play out weaker. And I'm, I think that both of us are on the same same page as far as maybe seeing an equity market rally, a little bit of a lift to, so we can sell into. Give us some better levels to sell this market because we might see new lows for 2022 moving forward. But um, uh, Chris, I want to say, you know, Hats off to you, even the hat that you wear that has the little dingleberries around it. Um, you know, hats, hats off to you for being here and 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 being here with the uh, with the, with the trade off community. And remember, guys and gals, you're at home. You like these trade ideas? Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Get in the comments down below. Even though Chris is out in the outback, he's riding horseback. He's got his laptop with him. He's going to be jumping in the comments. I'm going to be jumping in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. And thank you for joining us this week on The Trade-Off.